0: welcome to episode 13 the most valuable take today's episode will be getting into free agency frenzy uh, along with vikings weekly and a little other breaking news from the nfl so let's jump right into it all right so anthony barr apparently left and then came back within the same day so i was initially pretty worried when i saw him go i kind of expected it i mean we Um, we're expecting a lot of big players to be gone because of the Cousins contract. Uh, The guaranteed money was going to kind of mess up our cap space. We still have one of the lowest in the NFL, if not the lowest. Um, But I saw a Jets fan on Twitter trying to justify that um, because they didn't get Kirk Cousins last year, they got Sam Darnold. And because they didn't get Anthony Barr this year, they got Le'Veon Bell. And that's, I mean, that's a positive way of thinking about it, um, but I, I don't necessarily see how that, how those things equal. Um, I think that Sam Darnold right now is the worst quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Um, I think Sam Darnold's significantly overrated. Um, I think he's loved by the media because um, I, I always feel like there's a um, kind of I scratch my, your back, you scratch my back type of thing with quarterbacks in the media, and if The quarterback is kind with the media and makes good relationships and the media will cover him, uh, well. Um, I think Sam Darnold has the ceiling of, uh, of probably Andrew Luck, but he isn't really that talented. So I think the fact that the Jets are completely sold on him already is kind of suspect. But anyways, I think he can have a great career. I just think as of right now, he's overrated. And then, um... The Jets were essentially the only team going after Le'Veon Bell, despite the reports. I mean, there was other teams interested, but the teams that were seriously interested um, at the end of the day was only the Jets. Uh, some of Le'Veon Bell's people were lying to media members saying that the Ravens were putting the money in, but it became very clear that after the contract details of Le'Veon Bell's uh, uh, contract with the Jets came out. That he didn't get the money he wanted, um, and that most likely is because there wasn't a second team. We saw last year going back to Kirk Cousins that all it takes is two teams for someone to get their big guaranteed money. Uh, there's the Jets and the Vikings, and uh, the Jets probably put their offer out. And then the Vikes said, you know, we need to get him, so we're going to give him whatever he wants. So we give him exactly what he wants, guaranteed. Uh, 84 mil over three years Um, and we have Kirk Cousins and they settle for Sam Darnold Um, so I don't necessarily see how those two correlate but nevertheless I'm happy to see Anthony Barr back Um, along with that Everson Griffin is back he restructured his contract and I I don't know which uh, executive for the Vikings is uh, the one who deserves this credit but keeping Everson Griffin uh Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Stefan Diggs and more, while that Kurt Cousins contract is still ongoing, is, is is very impressive. Um I'm not sure how that works, I'm not sure how you can do that, but nevertheless, um happy to see Griffin back, happy to see Anthony Barr back. There was a good video that the Vikings posted on Twitter of Anthony Barr and Everson Griffin right after they do their, uh, they sign their contracts, um, and, and it, it seemed like a good moment, uh, Everson Griffin kind of oddly <laughs> grabbed Anthony Barr by the neck and kissed his forehead and then they hugged. It was, it was weird, but it was clearly a good connection, so it was nice to see that. Um, moving on, uh, I've seen a lot of discussion, um, on Vikings forums, Vikings social media, whatever, um, on whether we should draft a first, or an O-lineman in the first round. Now, this is kind of interesting, because we do have a chance of getting a guy like, uh, I mean, this is unlikely, unlikely, but a guy like Devin Bush, or maybe, um, maybe a Nikhil Harry for our wide receiver number three. Um, or maybe a safety to to replace, uh, Sandejo, who also was released. Um, but I think that unless there is no um, talented li- o lineman on positions in the line that we need, um, then then we have to get uh, then we have to get some other position. I think o lineman should be the number one thing we look for. But like I said. If there isn't someone there, then I, I'd maybe understand it and pick him later or look deeper in free agency for someone. Um, but with that, we released Riley Reef. I was took a big sigh of relief after we did this. Um, I, I don't think he was great for us. I don't think he'll be great for anyone. I think he should be a backup alignment at best. Um, but but yeah, I think he was probably the lowest rated. Uh, out of our starters through the season. Um, But I I am a little bit more optimistic about the Vikings this year and their O-line because I I don't see us having as serious injury problems. Um, I think our young players are only on the up-and-up. I think uh, Brian O'Neal is underrated. Elfline is underrated. If we just surround those guys with young, good players or – um, possibly veteran players from free agency I'm not sure who's still available yet but um, but I'm a bit more optimistic about that also I think just naturally Kubiak and um, Kevin Stefanski will focus more on the run game this year um, and kind of transitioning into um, that into the Vikings run game Latavius Murray was a free agent and the Saints signed him um, now I really don't like this um, because I love Latavius Murray, um, I think Dalvin Cook easily has higher potential, but I think Latavius Murray uh, is better than him right now, and that's just my opinion. Um, and that could be because of injuries, and I didn't get to see Dalvin Cook play as much. But um, I, I think that the Vikings shouldn't settle for Mike Boone as our backup running back because Dalvin Cook is clearly a bit injury injury prone he's had two injuries in his two seasons in the nfl so that's worrisome um uh, i was actually hoping that the vikings were gonna go after ap believe it or not um i know that would seem kind of weird to have ap as our backup with the guy that replaced him as our starter but um there was some controversy like um will he sign again with the redskins will he uh, sign with the Bears if Jordan Howard leaves. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, he signed again with the Redskins, I think, for a two-year, um, I want to say like $8 million or something like that contract. But anyways, um, moving on. Sheldon Richardson, our old defensive tackle for a year, went to the Browns. Richardson has um 23.5 uh, sacks, 49 tackles for loss during his whole career. I think he got drafted in 2014, 2013, something like that. Um I think to the Jets, then played for the Seahawks for a year, then came to us for a year, and now signed a multi-year deal with the Browns. He's an amazing amazing physical presence on the inside. He's good in the run game. Um I think the Browns are are stacking up. We'll get into the big Browns moves Um, later in this episode but that wraps up Vikings Weekly Um, let me know if there's anything you'd like me to talk about with Vikings Weekly Uh, you can reach me on either Twitter or Instagram mvt underscore pod that's mvt underscore pod all right moving on to free agency so I'm not sure where to start because I'm gonna put in all the big trades as free agency too I know they're not free agency I know Antonio Brown wasn't a free agent, even though he was acting like it, um, and I know that Odell wasn't a free agent, um, even though he was kind of acting like it, he wanted to be traded kind of clearly, um, but we'll start off with Antonio Brown. So, Antonio Brown goes to the Raiders for, um, what was it, it, like a third and fifth or something like that? Some ridiculous trade, um... Now, this is a a big win for the Raiders and Antonio Brown and Derek Carr are already working out, already building chemistry. And with this and kind of with that Raiders receiving core, they signed Tyrell Williams. Now, in a weird way, I actually think the Tyrell Williams uh, signing is more interesting than the Antonio Brown signing because I think that Antonio Brown can do anything. He can run a deep route. Um, he can run uh, possession ball like he can pretty much do anything. Um, but Tyrell Williams is one of the best deep threats in the NFL. So I think that Derek or not Derek Carr, um, John Gruden is gonna have a field day drawing up plans for this. Now, this isn't to say that with these two moves the uh, Raiders are suddenly back um, into a uh, potential playoff team or anything like that. Because their defense, in my opinion, still has a long way to go, but again, those things can be addressed in the draft. And now, kind of going back to my mock draft, one of the um, one of the guys that I had the um, Raiders taking with one of their first three uh, picks or first first round picks um, was J.J. Uh, Arcega-Whiteside. Um, now I don't think they're going to draft a wide receiver anymore, even though they did let go of Jordy Nelson. Um, I think that with Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, and then I'm not sure who's going to be the third, third guy there, but, um, I think that they just need someone who's an average receiver as their third guy, because I I think they're hanging on to Jared Cook this year too. I I think he's a free agent, but I'm pretty sure they'll hang on to him. Um... So I think their passing game is going to be fine. I think they're actually going to kind of transition their offensive needs in the draft to a running back. Now, this is interesting because um, I think the Eagles are interested in the running back, too. And Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, is um, the number one running back in the draft, no question. But um, it'll just be whoever is willing to draft him higher. Now, the defensive issues with the Raiders can be addressed in the draft as well. They obviously have pretty strong draft capital. Um, And what I hope to see uh, not happen is the Raiders go all in and try to trade up for Kyler Murray. Now, I'm not saying this will happen. There's been slight rumors that it will happen, but I could see John Gruden doing that just because he loves Kyler Murray and players like Kyler Murray. Um, But anyway, moving on to the Odell to the Browns. This one shocked me. I um, I saw a retweet of someone uh, who's a local reporter for the Browns. I think he's somehow involved in the NFL, but reports in Cleveland. And he said, I'm getting texts. And it was a crop picture of his text. that said, OBJ to Cleveland for Ogba. And um, I think it was two picks. And I was like, all right, well, this is just some some guy who's not really uh not really credible i don't really know anything about it but i was excited I nonetheless and then um i think it's mike grafflo i don't know if i'm saying that right but he's an nfl guy who's kind of more big time t- tweets it and it just goes crazy um i think the important thing that we should all slow down i mean i i consider the the browns to be a team i root for i'm not a fan by any means but it's a team that i definitely like and i, I root for i love baker Um, but we should slow down because if you look at any of the great, uh, Super Bowl teams or any Super Bowl team for that matter of recent years, they haven't had like outstanding receivers last year, Julian Edelman was the best one. Now Julian Edelman's great, arguably a hall of famer, um, Alshon Jeffrey before that. Um, so there isn't, and you can go back and back for the last probably 10 Super Bowls and there isn't like a outstanding elite receiver on all of those teams. And I think Vegas had them increasing their playoff odds, um, or not playoff odds, Super Bowl odds to, and now they're in the eighth most likely to win the Super Bowl. Now I think that Odell kind of, not guarantees, but does kind of give them a ticket to the playoffs in a sense that offense is just too explosive and and baker isn't um isn't a bust uh, unlike some people thought so i think that they have every opportunity to make a run in the playoffs but for them to make it to the super bowl and win a super bowl that just seems a little too reactionary for me um I, i hope they do i'll be rooting for them if they do um, but nevertheless Brown's a huge winner here and the Giants man I don't know what they're doing releasing Landon Collins now trading Odell Beckham Jr. and they get they get Jab- Jabril Peppers who is a pretty good replacement for Landon Collins he's not at that level yet of Collins but he can still play that kind of hybrid safety and play it well they also signed um, I think it's Anthony Bathia if I'm saying that right um, from the Cardinals, he's a veteran safety to play opposite side of uh, Peppers, but he isn't nearly as good as uh, as Collins is. And then now they have two first round picks. And now some of my speculation that some of you may have seen on my Twitter, um, I, I would be interested in seeing the Giants trading up for the first or first overall pick from the Cardinals to to, <laughs> to draft Kyler Murray. Now this is all speculation, and this is just something that would excite me. But um, at the same time, there has it has been kind of weird to me that um, the Giants' uh, head coach and GM were at the Oklahoma Pro Day, and um, and you can read into this or not read into this. It's all speculation, but um, the Cardinals' coach Cliff Kingsbury, their GM, and then one other. Um, player person that usually would go to a pro day didn't go to the Oklahoma pro day. Now, this could just mean that they're fully set on Kyler Murray and they don't even see any more of him. That could 100% be it. But at the same time, it's the NFL and we like drama. So um, that I, I have a speculation that the Giants might trade up. Um, but at the same time, Shermer and, and the Giants uh, GM could have just been at Oklahoma Pro Day to watch the O linemen that they're thinking about drafting. But I'll tell you this, if the Giants don't get a viable option at quarterback this year, I don't know what they're doing. I mean maybe they're taking tanking for next season, they're gonna go for, for Tua or or something. I, I, I don't I, I can't tell right now what, what the Giants are possibly thinking. Um but but their team is not going to go anywhere near five hundred or anything like that um, next season. They just don't have the talent anymore. Uh, I should mention they also signed Golden Tate uh, after the Odell trade. Um, but still, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram is a, is a decent receiving core with Saquon Barkley too, but it all depends on Eli Manning. Um, I don't think he's going to be nearly as good as he he was a couple years ago, but um, he's just on the decline now. He's a 38-year-old quarterback who doesn't have the same um, mind as Tom Brady, hasn't put the same effort in from a body standpoint as Tom Brady, um, doesn't have the uh, skills of his brother Peyton Manning, or I should mention this, Peyton Manning was at the same level as Eli is now towards the end of his career, but he had one of the best defenses in recent history around him and one of the greatest run games we've seen in the last few years. Um, and that was with Gary Kubiak, um, and that was with C.J. Anderson in his prime, and Von Miller in his prime, and all this. So um, I, I don't think Eli has anywhere near that. I mean, besides Saquon Barkley and, and a slight run game, uh, I don't. he definitely doesn't have that defense. Um, but the Browns are in a significantly better place than, than they were last season at this time. Uh, they have a solid franchise quarterback, two star receivers, um, three great running backs, and Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Duke Johnson. And also some breaking news that just came out about an hour ago. Uh, Kareem Hunt has been suspended uh, eight games uh, for the season. And this is kind of expected. I was more expecting like a six game or a seven game, but eight games, half the season. I honestly think that's pretty much as fair as the NFL can be. Um, Obviously, there's some people out there who believe that he should never play again, and I understand that, and I've even said that. But after doing some more research into it and really analyzing what happened that night, It didn't seem that Kareem Hunt and his people were completely to blame. Um, And I'm not going to get into it too much anymore because the events of that night don't really matter anymore because it's kind of just moving forward for the victims, for Kareem Hunt. I don't think that we should continue to rehash it um, unless obviously some more incidents happen off the field with Kareem Hunt. But moving on um, to the Browns' rivals or divisional uh, division, uh, we'll go to the Baltimore Ravens. So they had a pretty, uh, pretty big offseason or free agency, rather. Um, Mark Ingram and Earl Thomas. So I was falling for the media uh, saying that Le'Veon Bell was. Um, Possibly going to Baltimore, and that he liked Baltimore more than the Jets. And I, I still believe that Le'Veon Bell probably did like the uh, Ravens more than the Jets. But um, I think that the Ravens probably weren't going all in on him because I, I don't think they'll like a guy like him there. I think that Le'Veon Bell is kind of a me, 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 and maybe deservingly so. He was one of the best running backs in the league when he was playing, if not the best. And then Lamar Jackson's there, so it might have been a, kind of a weird thing. Um, but I think that Mark Ingram is a better fit for the Ravens because he's more of a power back than Le'Veon Bell is. And with Lamar Jackson as kind of a shifty guy, those will kind of complement each other. And then they, they let go Eric Weddle a few weeks ago, or last week maybe, and they replaced him with someone better, Earl Thomas. Um, I think that defense, even with the... Uh, Terrell Suggs gone, C J Mosley gone. Uh, they still have Earl Thomas. I mean, I, now I should kind of slow the brakes on this because I'm realizing that uh, Zaquarius Smith or Z- Z- Smith is also gone, um, and th- they did I think lose five of their starters, and they had a number one defense. So kind of suspect from that from that standpoint, but maybe John Harbaugh and his uh, or Jim rather and his uh, staff. Uh, believe that they can develop players and maybe Earl Thomas is, um, is going to be a good leader in that locker room. He certainly was at Seattle, but it's still very questionable for the Ravens what they did on defense. But I think on offense, they're going to have one of the most powerful running games this season. They still have a good old line. Uh, Lamar Jackson is, I think, just going to upgrade his game even more. Mark Ingram's great. They signed uh, Nick Boyle, who's a good uh, blocking tight end and I think uh, I think the AFC North is going to be a really interesting division because the Steelers have a chip on their shoulder for the first time in a while uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is set to make a a, a splash year a impact year James Connors on the up and up, they still have the number one offensive line um, their defense isn't great but kind of looks better towards the end of the season um And like I said, they haven't had a chip on their shoulder in a while. They haven't had a lot of competition seriously in a while in their own division, I should say. So it'll be interesting. And then the Bengals aren't even really in it, in my opinion, but to see a kind of a battle of the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers throughout the season is going to be really interesting. All right, moving on uh, to the Bills. So the Bills had an interesting one. They really kind of signed every position that they need. Now, I don't know if these guys are going to cure everything that's wrong with their team, but they signed Cole Beasley to a four-year, $29 million contract with, I think, like 14 something guaranteed. Um, they also signed John Brown, uh, $27 million, um, three-year deal. And then they signed uh, veteran legend Frank Gore. Um, I think it's just, yeah, it's just a one-year deal, $2 million uh, they also signed cornerback Kevin Johnson, um, tight end Tyler Croft, uh, and then some offensive linemen, um, and then a D tackle and special teamer. So they had a really busy one from just how much they like spent and how much they how many players they got. Um, I think Cole Beasley and John Brown are gonna be really interesting. I'm more excited to see John Brown than I am uh, Cole Beasley. I'm actually considering drafting John Brown kind of high next year because I think the upside of him as a flex in fantasy football is incredible with his deep threat abilities and Josh Allen's arm. Now, we haven't um, haven't seen Josh Allen around a good group of wide receivers yet. Obviously, he was a rookie last year, so Calvin um, Benjamin wasn't the best example of a, of a hardworking wide receiver by any means. Um, but I think that him with uh, th- those two guys, uh, Zay Jones, who he had a connection with towards the end of the year, and then possibly drafting a guy like DK Metcalf or um, Judy from Alabama, or Metcalf's teammate, AJ Brown, uh, maybe Hollywood Brown from Oklahoma, something like that to just give him a another dynamic playmaker. And then along with LaShawn McCoy and um, Frank Gore in the backfield, I think even though they're veterans, I think that it's still a a great addition. Um, Someone made the comment that the uh, Bills backfield with those two guys will have, I think, 25,000 combined total rushing yards, which is just insane. 25,000. I can't even imagine that. But um, I think that Josh Allen will have a better year. Um, this year, I don't think they're necessarily going to take the Patriots spot by any means. I think the Patriots are still at the top of that um, division, no question. But uh, I think that they will compete with the Dolphins for a playoff spot um, within their division. Um, now, the Dolphins are interesting as well because they've had this off and on thing with Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater finally said no. He's going to return to the Saints on a one-year deal. Um, but I, I I don't see the Dolphins doing very well this season. But next season, I can see the Dolphins kind of spl- uh, splurging and uh, all-in for Tua kind of thing, tank for Tua. Um, but anyway, moving on to NFC North with the Chicago Bears. So the Bears uh, got HaHa Clinton Dix from the Redskins. Well, he was a free agent, but he finish the year with the Redskins. Um, and now, the Packers fans are a little upset. They had him for half the season last year, lost him midseason. Now he's back in the NFC North with a different team. They're rivals, historic rivals. Um, but I think since uh, Amos went to uh, the Packers, um, this is a good addition for the Bears. It's, it's kind of strange how They were both uh, playing for the opposite team. And now they're just kind of did a little switch swap thing. Um, And they also signed running back Mike Davis from the Seahawks. Um, Now, this is interesting because Jordan Howard uh, might not be there next year. So Mike Davis could replace that power back role. He was kind of part of that running back by committee last year in Seattle. It was kind of strange. Um, I think he deserves a bigger role. But again, Tariq Cohen kind of had a breakout year, and he's on, on the up and up. So um, you never know with Mike Davis, but I think that signing Mike Davis kind of indicates that Jordan Howard might be traded or might be going somewhere. The Bears also signed uh, Cordell, Cordero Patterson. Um, he's free agent, just won the Super Bowl with the, uh, with the Patriots. He is a dynamic special teamer. Looks to be the next uh, Devin Hester in in Chicago, um, but I think that Matt Nagy can also use him, um, kind of how Belichick did, kind of a all around offensive player, offensive threat, even put him at a running back <laughs> at some point, like Belichick did. But I think that's a really good signing for them, especially that it's just a two year, ten million dollar contract with only five million guaranteed, so I think that. The upside of him for that price is, is very good for the Bears. But moving on, they also signed uh, Buster Skrein, cornerback, uh, to three years, $16 million. So all this action with the Bears is, is kind of scary since the Vikings aren't really doing anything. And then the Packers also signed Adrian Amos, like I said, Mercedes Lewis, they re-signed him. Um... Preston Smith uh, from the Redskins, the Darius Smith from the Ravens, and then Billy Turner, the offensive lineman. So I think, honestly, right now, and it, it, it sucks to say, it really does, but uh, the Packers, in my opinion, have had the best free agency. Um, they have a very good offense, and they'll have a better one after the, dra- after the draft. Um, and now they have a... Pretty good defense, in my opinion. They have interior presence with uh, with Mike Davis, um, or Mike Daniels, rather. Um, and now they have edge pressure with Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Um, and then they have secondary help. They lost uh, um, when HaHa Clinton-Dix left with Adrian Amos. Um, I think Josh, uh, Josh Jackson and uh, Jair Alexander, their two rookie corners from last year, were really good. Um, and will only be better this year. And then Billy Turner is kind of a versatile offensive lineman. Um, So this is just going to help Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side. But I think that the best thing you can do for Aaron Rodgers is give him a good defense and special team. Um, And they have given him a good defense in the past, and he won a Super Bowl with that. So um, it'll be interesting to see if this defense can emulate that I think the Packers are are scary coming out of the NFC North. Um, and I, I hope the Vikings can make up for it by, by training in-house and stuff. But I, I am a bit worried looking at, uh, looking at the Packers. Alright, moving on to the Colts. Now I'm just going through these and doing the ones that I find the most intriguing and the ones that have the most emphasis on the league. So moving on to the Colts, they sign... Um, Two defensive players, uh, Pierre Desir and Margus Hunt. Uh, Now, these guys aren't huge names, but I think Pierre Desir is a really good corner. And I think the special thing with the Colts is um, they have a chemistry and they have this kind of momentum um, of of building in-house and not having necessarily big names. So I, I wasn't necessarily surprised that they didn't sign a B or they went in the market for Le'Veon Bell or um, or maybe they were even trying to trade for for Odell. Um, I didn't really hear them too much with any of these any of these teams, but I think that's kind of a good thing because they don't really have any flashy stars, any um, divas from any sense of the word on their team, and now they sign that two kind of lesser known defensive players that'll help them out. Um, one in the trenches with Marcus Hunt, D-Lineman, and one in the secondary with Pierre Desir. But then they also signed a... To me, this is the most important one. Uh, Devin Funch's um, big threat wide receiver, red, red zone wide receiver, um, to a one-year deal with a max value of $13 million. Now, I think that this means more for the Panthers than it does the Colts, but I think the Colts to have a receiving core... So, first of all, this isn't the best receiving core in the league by any means, but when you have Andrew Luck, a really good O-line, and then you have T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, and Eric Ebron, that that's really, really, really good offense. And you can have that decent run game with Marlon back that they did last year and still have that, a really good offense. Now, a lot of this kind of relies on how well the, um, the defense plays, and I think that they're only going to play better. They're really, really physical defense. Um, it, it'll be tough to play against them, um, but I am looking at the Colts as a potential favorite for the AFC. Now, obviously, it's way too early to kind of to think that through and, and to make that claim, so I'm not going to fully make it yet, but I am really intrigued by what they're doing and how they didn't really splash for anyone, even though they had um, a lot of cap space. All right, moving on to the Jaguars, a divisional uh, divisional rivalry of, of sorts with the um, Colts. They sign Nick Foles to a four-year, $88 million, $102 million max value contract. Now, this is super interesting to me because and, and all, all of these, I guess, are somewhat interesting to me. Um, but Nick Foles has every every potential to take this team as far as they did two seasons ago. Um, I love Blake Bortles. I'm a Blake Bortles guy. I think that he is a good quarterback. He was just in the wrong fit with the Jaguars. Um, I don't think he is the just the right guy for them. I don't think he had the right play caller for them. But anyways, Nick Foles, um, along with Tom Coughlin, uh, Doug Marone in that defense, I think that he can easily take them to AFC Championship or even further. Now, they did, um, if I'm not mistaken, they did release uh, Dante Moncrief or traded him. I don't remember where he went, though. Uh, But with that said, he doesn't really have too many weapons. Um, Now, this could mean that the Jaguars are going after um, D.K. Metcalf or A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown, Nikhil Harry, someone someone in this draft class that has playmaking potential or abilities. Um, but I still have Leonard Fournette. Uh, they still have a decent online, So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see uh, how it plays out. I think Foles needs a year to settle in at least. But I, I do think that Jaguars are back kind of into relevance. They were kind of embarrassing last season. But with a high draft pick, Nick Foles, and their are still very talented defense. I think that, that they have a potential to be a really good team. Now moving on to um, to the Kansas City Chiefs. They signed Carlos Hyde, Tyron Matthew, Alex Okafor, and Damian Wilson. Now Damian Wilson and Alex Okafor are going to be two players that really help out that defense. Um, they still have uh, D Ford... Um, and, and a pretty good core there that needs to improve a little bit, but with the signing of, uh, Tyron Matthew, um, they did release Eric Berry. I don't think, well, it's tough because Eric Berry's upside when he's healthy is the best safety in the game, in my opinion. Um, and Tyron Matthew hasn't been the same player since this injury. Um, but I think that just based off of how inconsistent the injuries were with Eric Berry, or the, um, I mean, we have to be careful because a lot of the um, injuries or health concerns came from his um, came from his his cancer um, came from his uh, treatments. So it, it's nothing to blame Eric Berry for, but I do think Tyron Matthew will be a more consistent, reliable guy there um, in the secondary, and then also Carlos Hyde will help out Pat Pat Mahomes and kind of replace that Kareem Hunt void. Um, they obviously still have Damian Williams, who is really good for them towards the end of the year, um, so we'll, we'll still see, but the Chiefs are Chiefs are still an amazing team uh, going into the, the season. They're also a big threat in the AFC. Now moving on to the Rams, they sign Eric Weddle after the Ravens released him, um, and Eric Weddle claims that... Um, He has not hit his prime yet, even though he's, I think, in his 30s, early 30s. So he signed a um, two-year, $12.5 million deal. Um, I think this is just something like uh, the rich getting richer. They re-signed Dante Fowler as well. So I think the Rams have every potential of going back to the Super Bowl next year, um, considering uh, they still have all their players from the offense, essentially. I think they lost a few O-linemen, but... They still have their playmakers on offense, and they have a better defense now. Um, now, moving on to uh, the New England Patriots. Now, it was it was pretty interesting how the Patriots handled it. So, obviously, it was it was well known that the Patriots aren't big spenders in free agency, um, but at the same time, um, they they do kind of look good still. They signed Michael Bennett. Um, I think they yeah they actually traded for him a fifth and a seventh for, for next year. Um, and they signed Philip Dorsett, re-signed him. Um, then got Bruce Ellington on the one-year deal, re-signed McCourty, um, and then signed a safety, Terrence Brooks. So besides Michael Bennett, there's no really big names in this. I mean, the re-signing of Jason McCourty is a smart move and a good move, but for them to release that many players, uh, Trey Flowers, uh, Dwayne Allen, um, I think they released a corner too, Trent Brown. They they let everyone Cordell Patterson. They let everyone go really, that they probably could. Um, um, it's kind of typical Belichick. He believes that he can build from the inside, and they have twelve draft picks this year. So, I mean, it's not a rebuild by any means because they just won the Super Bowl, but they are kind of restructuring their their offense or not their whole roster actually. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. All right, moving on to the Saints. I mentioned that they signed Latavius Murray to a $14.4 million deal, but then they also uh, signed a defensive tackle uh, Malcolm Brown and Will Lutz, their kicker, to a five-year deal, which is becoming more and more uncommon to sign your kickers to a big multi-year deal just because it's just, if they're inconsistent, you kind of cut them. That's kind of how it's been. But anyway, they also uh, re-signed Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year deal worth up to $12.5 million. Um, and it's kind of interesting because uh, Sean Payton was asked, I think, about has he thought of any um, any replacement plans for Drew Brees once he gets older because he won't be there for long. And he says he has his guy in Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I, I, I don't like this as a Vikings fan, but I, but I'm happy for Teddy happy that he found a team there that likes him, but I wish it wasn't the Saints, and I wish it wasn't in the NFC, because I can see Drew Brees retiring in a few seasons, and then <clears throat> Teddy Bridgewater having a couple good years as their starter. Now, I don't know how likely this is to happen, or how long Brees will play, but still happy for Teddy, but worried about how good the Saints will be. Um, Let's see, I um, talked a little bit about the Le'Veon Bell deal, but I'll we'll kind of get into it more. So the Jets had kind of an interesting free agency. They almost had Bar, but they they did get CJ Mosley, um, linebacker for <clears throat> linebacker for the uh, Ravens before. He's one of the best linebackers in the game. Um, I think he's a really good presence in the run defense, which will help against the uh, Patriots. But they also signed John Josh Bellamy, um, Henry Anderson, Jameson Crowder. Um, an offensive uh, guard that they traded for from the Raiders, uh, Kalichi Osmele. I'm positive I pronounced that wrong, but um, they kind of had an overall, uh, I'd say B- minus free agency um, kind of upgrades with Le'Veon Bell. Now, Bell clearly didn't get the money he wanted. I mentioned that, but it did seem kind of weird that, that there wasn't many teams interested in, in him. I guess the position of running back isn't necessarily important um, compared to other positions that teams might need, but I think Le'Veon Bell will help them. I don't think they have a chance of beating out the Patriots twice a season for the next few years, but nevertheless, Le'Veon Bell will make them a better team, make them more watchable, um, and, and just kind of help that that uh, that young core of guys have motivation to play because I always feel that when you have a team that has young players that aren't very good or a combination of young players that are good with older players that are bad I think it's a recipe for disaster because I don't think the old players that aren't at the best mental state of the career can really get the best out of the young players but I think when you have a talent like Le'Veon Bell it kind of kick starts everybody and doesn't really give you doesn't really give you excuses to to um to not play well. Um, moving on to the Eagles. Uh, this will be the last team I'll I'll go over because we'll we'll t- t- take a look next week at some of the other teams, but uh, we'll go over the Eagles and then I'll do my uh, next five picks in my mock draft. Um, the Eagles re-sign uh Brandon Graham three-year forty million dollar extension, which obviously is the right move. He's been one of the best uh, uh run defenders, run uh, ends in the game. Um, they also traded for Deshaun Jackson from the Buccaneers. So Jackson will make his return, and this will help out that, that Philly offense a whole lot because they'll have Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Carson Wentz, and Deshaun Jackson, plus a really good O-line, top 5 O-line, top 3 O-line, plus a really good defense. So the Eagles are still a threat even though they didn't have um, the best of season last year uh, coming off the of Super Bowl. Um, they also signed Malik Jackson, which will just help their, their run defense even more. Um, all right, moving on to the mock draft. So this is kind of tough because I did my mock draft and I started it before free agency. Um, and now I'm not so sure if any of my um, mock drafts picks are are really right but nevertheless i'm going to continue through it go with my gut on most of them but again some teams signed the position that i had them drafting or um traded for the position i had them drafting but i still think my my draft is it will be somewhat accurate especially as we get into the top 10 or top five but when it kind of gets out of the top 15-ish then i kind of it's kind of a 50 50 kind of throw up um never really sure who might trade out of that position. Um, but nevertheless, let's get into number 26, the Colts. I have them, uh, getting uh, Riley Ridley from, uh, Georgia, um, or Alabama rather. Um, he's an outstanding player. Um, cousins or I think cousin or brother to Calvin Ridley who had a great first season with the, with the Falcons. Um, but I think Again, the uh, Colts just need maybe one or two more playmakers on offense, even with that Devin Funches addition. Um, but overall, the Colts just, just need to continue to build. They've kind of had a perfect uh, perfect rebuild over the last year or two, um, but now they, it's kind of time to kick it in and actually go for something big. They had a good run in the playoffs, but obviously ended a bit shorter than what, where they'd like. Um, but again, playing an arrowhead in the snow is not, is not ideal in the playoffs. Moving on to number 25, the Eagles. I have them drafting Alabama running back, Josh Jacobs. Now Jacobs is limited in film. You don't really get to see a lot of him, but that's just because of how Nick uh, Saban runs his, his offense. They had, I think like three or four running backs that kind of fluctuated in and out, but. In their big primetime games, it always seemed that Jacobs had the biggest uh, plays, biggest moments. He's explosive, he's strong, he can run through you, he can um, play a little shifty. And overall, he seems like a very motivated uh, motivated guy. Um, So I think the Eagles really need a running back. They had Josh Adams, they have Darren Sproles, Corey Clement, but they're all kind of an inconsistent committee of running backs and I think they just need to go all in on one guy and I think the best guy in this draft is um is Josh Jacobs so next I have the Raiders at 24 taking DeAndre Baker now Baker is one of the better cornerbacks coming out of this draft he's probably top two top three um I'd only in my opinion put Gritty Williams or uh, and rather uh Byron Murphy in front of him Now, this cornerback, um, defensive back, draft class isn't the best. It's kind of underwhelming. Um, But DeAndre Baker isn't necessarily a physical presence, but he's really good for the kind of defense that Gruden wants. He isn't necessarily a physical guy, but he is good at wrapping players up in the open field, Uh, kind of an instinctual player, but also can play in in a regimented system. So I think he is probably the best for the Raiders at this point. I think, kind of like I said earlier when I was talking about them at free agency, with the signings of Tyrell Williams and Tony Brown, they really, in my opinion, just need to build up that defense and um, in the first round, honestly, at this point I would spend every pick in the first round, all three of their picks um, on defensive players. Um, I, I would do it as a edge rusher first, um, possibly a linebacker second and then a corner uh, corner third but I'll get into that as I go on in the draft so next I have the Texans at uh, at 23 drafting Andre Dillard now Andre Dillard is a uh, offensive tackle out of Washington State <laughs> the guy is 6'5", 3'15", 33 inch arms and 10 inch hands at the uh, combine he had a pretty good combine he had a 29-inch uh, vertical, 24 bench press, and 4940. I mean, at that size, I think all those numbers are pretty impressive. Um, I think he fits well with the Texans because the Texans really need a um, just better overall offensive line because they have Lamar Miller, who's a decent running back, Deshaun Watson, who's a great quarterback, and then going to the season, they have Will Fuller, uh, Demarius Thomas, and DeAndre Hopkins as their receiving core. So if they can really help protect Deshaun Watson or even just slightly help him better than they did last year where he doesn't have to scramble on literally every single snap then um then they'll have a really good team but with that said um Dillard is a four-year starter in college for pretty good offenses um he is a good pull uh tackle uh fast feet still strong um really good arm length, and and just an overall great athlete. So next I have uh, the Ravens taking Michigan's linebacker Devin Bush. Now this one I'm actually really excited for because Bush, in my opinion, is probably the second best um, linebacker in this draft, and I think that he is going to be in line for the um, next great uh, Ravens linebacker. I think it went Ray Lewis, one of the best linebackers of all time, if not the best. Then um, Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, kind of those guys, that core group. And now, I mean, it's, it's big shoes to fill, but Devin Bush, I think, can do it. Um, he is a freak athlete, smart player, um, great, uh, great leader on a defense that was one of the best in the Big Ten uh, last season. So I'm excited to see what the Ravens uh, defensive coaching team can do with him. Um, I haven't seen much flaws in his game at all, Um, but with that said, he's a rookie going into a pretty big um, defensive team, so we'll see how he does, but Ravens, 22 overall, taking Devin Bush. Next, I have the Seahawks at 21, taking Clennon Farrell. Now... Um, this one's kind of strange to me because I think the, uh, Seahawks just need to continue to build up towards a similar defense that they had with the Legion of Boom. Now, I don't think they're getting there yet, just, just from this draft class, but they had a pretty good defense last year and Clinton Farrell will just be a good physical presence on the inside. We saw what him and his teammates could do at, um, at uh, Clemson. I think if you surround him with good players, then he has every potential to be a, a top NFL defensive lineman. And lastly, for this episode, I'll have the Steelers taking Nikhil Harry. Now, this one it is fun for me because I think that Juju Smith-Schuster is a, a deep threat, and they just got uh, Dante Moncrief, who's more of a possession guy, and Nikhil Harry kind of takes under routes or screen passes and makes them into big plays. So I think that he fits really well with the Steelers. Um, I think the Steelers just need to continue to replace offensive uh, off- offensive gaps on the skill skill positions with Le- Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown gone. But also, I could see them taking a, uh, uh, a defender here of any any position really. They have a good defensive line, but other than other than that, I think they really need to to replace linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties, kind of all over the field on the defense. But with that said, I think that they just kind of are in a panic mode to replace uh, their offensive starters. So I have them taking Iowa, or rather Arizona State's Nikhil Harry with the twentieth uh, overall pick. All right, guys, that was the episode uh, 13 of Most Valuable Take. Uh, Appreciate the support. Uh, Continuing to share and download my episodes really helped me out. Um, And I'll be back late next week with another episode, talk more about free agency, any NFL moves, and then the next uh, six picks or so of my mock draft. All right.